everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. This episode, we're bringing you our first interview as we sit down with Jordan Cowan of On Ice Perspectives. We are so excited to welcome our very first guest to our podcast. You may have seen his work as On Ice Perspectives, but the man behind the camera is Jordan Cowan, who trained as an ice dancer for 10 years, making it on to Team USA and placing 7th at the 2012 U.S. Championships. Jordan created On Ice Perspectives as a way to bring audiences closer than ever to skating. His skating videos have been seen by millions, and he has combined has a combined audience of more than 1.4 million followers on social media. We'd like to welcome Jordan Cowan to our podcast. Welcome, Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Gina. <laughs> Hi, Daphne and everybody. Hello. It's good to be here. We're so glad to have you um, as our first guest. We talked about it a little bit beforehand about how we wanted to do some interviews and yeah Gina and I kind of agreed that we wanted you to be our first guest (laughs) and I had to actually think back to when I met you and I think Jordan I think it's been 16 years it's been it has to have been 2006 like placid yeah it's been almost 16 years oh my gosh (laughs) Yeah, it's it's been a long wow. time. Yeah, I've known you for a long time. From when you were just like getting a, ha, getting a partner and getting out there and competing to now with everything else that you're doing, it's been pretty incredible to watch all of that come to life and mm-hmm. watch you grow not only on the ice, but as a person, you know, get married, start on Ice Perspectives, go do Dancing on Ice. I mean, this... It's pretty incredible to watch you do all of that. So we're really excited to get to chat with you today about uh, some of the cool things that you've been doing. Yeah, no, I'm I'm honored. I mean, you, you've known me for half of my life. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you've kind of been there since the very beginning. Um, you've got to see it all. I, I would love to ask you, actually, just to, for starters, <laughs> would you have ever thought that I would be here now? based on what you when you met me in 2006 um honestly i thought you were gonna go to work for apple and take over like (laughs) all of the technology behind um with steve jobs i thought the two of you were gonna take over the world together because you were really into the mac thing you were the first person i think i saw that had a macbook and I remember thinking, I really need to get one of those because it'll be so easy to edit pictures. Uh, that's what I thought you were going to do. I did not know that you were going to go in this direction. I thought, honestly, too, if you weren't doing that, you might still be skating. I wasn't sure, you know, really what you would be doing other than those two things. And I feel like you've combined it all together. Yeah, I I would say you're kind of right. I mean, I'm still skating. I'm still using my lap my Apple laptops. That was to that that was actually the year I got one. So it's funny you noticed my excitement about having one. I I hadn't even had one for a month yet. <laughs> I remember. I think the next year too, your mom was learning how to use a Mac, and that was that was a lot of fun in Lake Placid because she wasn't quite sure. I think how to do certain <laughs> things. And you were showing her. And I just remember you were so patient with her. And I thought that was super cool. And hi, Joy. I know you're out there in the <laughs> hopefully listening to this. Um, yeah, it was your mom used to come and just sit with us and help us out if we needed anything. And was one just it was so much fun to get to know her. Yeah, no, she she loved coming to watch me compete in Lake Placid. And she loved hanging out with the IceDance.com team. <laughs> <laughs> you guys kept her company and and showed her the ropes and kept I her did. informed because she she was a she was a skating mom in that she was my mom and I was a skater but as far as knowing anything about anyone she was just a fan of skating <laughs> but not like of anyone in particular yeah we kind of tried to help her but she helped us so much too because 
what people don't know is when you get to those competitions and Gina can attest to this too, you're busy all day long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of time to run and get food. There's not a lot of time to do anything because, you know, we do photo shoots. We're shooting the competition. There's just no time. Your mom, she got us pizza. She went to the crepery. Like she always made sure that we had what we needed, even if it was just a Starbucks run. Like she kept us going. <laughs> she was one of the people that uh, really stepped up and helped us you know, keep us healthy because honestly, sometimes the day would get to the end and you're wondering, did I eat anything today? What What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you must feel that way sometimes with what you're doing with your project. Yeah, I mean, I I totally do. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've spent the last few days just holed up at home working on... Uh, editing a big show that I filmed last weekend and I anticipate I'll be having many more days like that this year. I hope so. I think we're finally getting out of the pandemic at least enough so that we can start to enjoy things again and get out there and mm-hmm. have events. So Well you're you're getting me really excited talking about Lake Placid because <laughs> here we are. It's been it'll have been two years, three years. Three since years. We were all together in Lake Placid and and it's yeah. really exciting that it's coming back and the whole new renovated stadium is going to look amazing. It is. Yeah, that was the first time I met you was three years ago in wow. Lake Placid. Yeah, <laughs> and we did the photo shoot that we all remember very well um, with Molly and Igor. Um, and so hopefully we'll get an opportunity to do something fun to, you know, when we get back to Lake Placid this summer. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely yeah. planning my trips now. so am i i think i've got four or five trips that's just skating related i have other trips planned too to do some other things but i think i have five trips including nationals this year i kind of don't want to say no (laughs) when there's an opportunity to drive somewhere because just not you know last year was a lot of fun getting to do the competitions again because it just felt like forever mm-hmm. that we weren't able to. And I I can guess that if that's how I felt, skaters, it must have been amplified by like 10,000% because... You almost didn't want to plan anything last year because, they, you know, they would announce the competition and kind of tentatively put tickets up and then say at some point, oh, sorry, there's actually going to be no audience at the last minute. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's hard to plan a trip when you know you might have to cancel it. So this year, yeah. we're kind of like not planning to cancel a trip. <laughs> I That's how, kind of how I am. I feel like I'm more certain about events. What I'm not certain about is will we have to mask or not mask? I think that's the thing that I'm thinking. Oh, I might have to wear a mask. I might not have to wear a mask. I don't really care. I just want to be there. That's like how I feel now. I feel like a mask is not such a uh, hindrance because as long as I'm there with my camera and can take pictures, I feel like it's just my happy place. So Mm -hmm. that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. And skating competitions, you tend to make noise with your hands more. I mean, the Mm -hmm. map it's, I just went to stars on ice uh, on long Island and no one wore a mask. I mean, there were people wearing a mask. I didn't wear a mask, which felt weird at first, but it just felt like a risk I was ri- willing to take, considering yeah. so far away from everyone. At Stars on Ice, you're expected to cheer really loudly. At a skating competition, you can you can clap. You know? Yeah, and be really yeah. You can make a lot of noise without that. We're not saying bring air horns in. We don't need those in the skating competition. No, 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 no. I think no. we can still make an adequate amount of noise. It feels exciting how much is happening on the East Coast, too, right? Oh, yeah, we're yeah. excited about that. Skate America? <laughs> Definitely. At Skating Club of Boston? I know. I'm I'm shocked, like, I guess. It's a beautiful facility. Most yeah. of the feedback that I've been reading on social media has been the worry about the number of seats. And then other things about the location. 
So Gina and I are hoping to put our heads together to be able to share some info with people who might be planning to come since we've both been there. And so Mm -hmm. we can, you know, just answer any questions that people might have. I mean, we're not representing the rank, but having been in that facility, we kind of know the lay of the land and how there's not a bad seat in that rink. Right. Not a bad seat at all. It's it's beautiful and it's very well lit, which is a photographer's dream Mm -hmm. to have great lighting. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. I wonder if it has a similar number of seats as the rink that they had for Autumn Classic. It's a 2,000 seats for the Skating Club of Boston's performance arena there. I feel like Oakville was more like 3,000. Yeah. It's smaller and tickets are going fast. But yeah, I think uh, a lot of people are concerned about the number of seats. And then the distance from the Boston, you know, downtown, if you're coming in by plane and don't have transportation, people mm. are wondering how to get to Norwood. Right. Um, is it just, you know, going to need to really have a car? What's around there? What's the parking situation like? A lot of those questions are being, you know, thrown around on social media. And so maybe, you know, Daphne and I can help them out and explain to them, you know, that there is a big parking lot and I think they're going to plan to do some sort of parking nearby. Um, Mm -hmm. Concessions, of course, people always want to know what the concessions are like and what food options are around. So I've been there, I think, twice. And the concessions to me are some of the best I've ever had. Like the New England clam chowder is the best. (laughs) was really good um it's a new facility like i feel like they put a lot of effort into it so i'm really excited to get to go back there for skate america and Mm -hmm. also the dance final for like juvenile to senior is gonna take place there in november Mm -hmm. and i'm just (laughs) floored because i it's just such a great facility and i feel like the kids the lower level kids are going to have a great time performing there. So I'm definitely excited. There's a there's a train station not ten minute a ten minute drive from the Skating Club of Boston that I can get to in less than four hours from my front door. <laughs> so Oh I'm my gosh. So excited about that. <laughs> awesome. Well, Gina and I have put together some questions so that we can kind of uh yeah, we we thought we'd come up with a few that maybe you haven't heard before, but mm. also, yeah, just, yeah. So we've got some great questions. So I'm going to let Gina kick it off first. Yeah. Cause you're quite popular. You've done quite a few interviews. We wanted to switch it up <laughs> a little bit and ask some different ones that you might've not gotten asked. Uh, I'm so, so I'm going to start. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to start right away with a question that probably Daphne wants to know. Probably Robin and all the other <laughs> photographers want to know, what gear do you use? I've gone through all of the brands. I've tried them all. Uh, I think Nikons are amazing for photography. Just ask Danielle Earl. Um, yeah. <laughs> she, and Canons are really nice for uh, basically anything. They're just gorgeous. The, the pictures that come out of them, straight out of the box. Uh, and Sony is what I use, um, mainly because that was the first camera that I got started with that had really good autofocus for video. Mm -hmm. Um, it was funny, but, but it was actually, Canon had better autofocus objectively, but it's, but whenever I used a Canon, it always tried to focus on the ice because it was really good at recognizing what was close to it. And of course, the ice is generally closer. The ice below the skater is closer than the skater itself. Um, and the Sonys were just just dumb enough to kind of like stay hooked on the skater. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I haven't used autofocus in like a year now. So I'm kind of experimenting with ideas of other cameras right now. Oh, okay. So he might have to keep us posted on that one. Yeah, that sounds fun. (laughs) I've always shot with Canon. It's what I learned on, and I'm most comfortable with it. And so 
when I've invested in equipment, that's what I've gone to because I, I know it. But other friends, I mean, it used to be that all my friends were Canon photographers. That's not the case anymore. A bunch of them are now into Nikon and it switched over. So I remember you working with Sony, but I wondered if you still were working with that because I remember in Lake Placid, because you did mm -hmm. some on-ice photography and you used your Sony for that and those photos came out great. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, the the Sony cameras kind of, they leapfrogged to the other manufacturers for a bit with their autofocus systems and there was this fad where everyone wanted to shoot with really, really shallow depth of field. It's still going mm -hmm. on. And the Sony's kind of pioneered eye tracking and face detection and really solid accurate autofocus for portraits which i seized on when i was first starting to, to shoot my videos <laughs> that is cool well i had a question too this question jordan i wondered i've always wanted to ask you this do you ever look back at when you stopped skating competitively mm -hmm. and wonder if you should have continued like to skate, do you ever wish that maybe you had, or do you ever think about it and wonder? Um, well, naturally, yes. I mean, I've seen my friends who we are with skate, you know, Maddie and, and Evan and Maddie and Zach and Caitlin and John Luke, I used to train with all of them. And I, I look at what they've done, you know, honestly, I don't think any of any of us back in 2006 would have expected them to still be skating now no. um no. something special came along with with where they train now the ice academy of montreal that kind of focused on longevity of of the athletes and them as people and and they enjoyed it enough to stick at it um as for me you know when i finally retired i know it, it i was i look back and i go wow i was I was so young. I was only 21. <laughs> um, looking back, though, I know that there were a lot of reasons that I stopped skating. And I actually feel like I held on to it much longer than I really felt like I needed to. I didn't mm -hmm. want to stop skating, definitely. Um, but, but two or three seasons before then, I definitely had moments of like, well, is skating my future? Should I not be focusing on college? I, I felt kind of like, I didn't want to stop skating because then that would mean that I would have to face the music and figure out the rest of my life. I didn't really see myself being in the top three in the country. Um, I just didn't have the the guts for it. <laughs> um, I was too interested in technology and, and things that didn't seem related to skating at all. Um, I don't have regrets about, about how I left or when I left. Um... It would be interesting if I was, I, I think if I hadn't stopped skating in 2012, I would have stopped skating in 2013, you know, <laughs> or 2014. <laughs> I think every year there would have been another reason added to my list of why I should stop. So I mm -hmm. think I, I stopped when it was right for me. I held on to it for a lot longer than I ever expected to when I started. That's for sure. I mean, I got to, I got to compete senior um, and place in the top half, I guess. Yeah, um, you did. All I really think about is how grateful I was that I stuck at it for as long as I did. Yeah, so I'm going to ask, do you think being a former competitive skater aided you in bringing your vision to life? Your vision for on-ice perspectives? Oh, and if so, how? I mean, I was just thinking about this this morning. Um, <laughs> how, uh, well, it's funny, but um, I was thinking about how figure skating was kind of like math in a way. I know this is a weird analogy, but <laughs> I was helping someone with their with their math homework and I thought to myself like math is this you have to be so precise. I mean, when you start writing lots and lots of little numbers, you have to be so disciplined with making sure that you cross your i's and dot your t's so to speak so that you don't start getting messy and then mm -hmm. forget that a plus is a minus or mix signs up it's really really meticulous work and skating is a lot like that as well um 
sure, you can like go and let loose at a show, but when it comes to actually training and like trying to get right on the perfect spot of your blade and get your body in the right alignment, it's it's full of discipline. And if you succeed at that, you can pull off some amazing stunts, um, both in skating, um, in math. <laughs> you can get the you can get the right answer before you have to look at whatever the choices are. Um, and with the videography that I do, I definitely am extremely disciplined. I forget because it's just my nature, but. I look at my work and I really think about how I have all of these incredibly meticulous rules that I've set for myself. Um, I really push the limits of the technology that I have access to, which isn't cutting it. It's not super, super high end. Um, I mean, I can make an iPhone do things that it really is really pushing the limits of those little ones and zeros that it has. So I think that competitive skating, and skating in general, actually, um, it worked out well for me to transition that discipline to the way that I shoot, edit, and share videos of skating. That's true. I never thought about the math yeah, <laughs> and how it works. And I'm not surprised now, given how into tech you were when I met you, that you have taken tech and you push it as far, like, further mm -hmm. probably than it should go. I'm not surprised. I think that that is, yeah, that's not unexpected <laughs> when it comes to you. <laughs> so I wondered, you've worked with a lot of different skaters on your projects. Are you more comfortable working with skaters that you already know? Or is it easier to work with skaters that you've just met? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, define easy, Daphne. <laughs> <laughs> um, to get in the zone, because you've worked, you've worked with some pretty <sighs> amazing athletes. Okay, but when you say get in the zone, I I see that as like a flow where I really feel in my element. I feel like everything's going well, and honestly, it's. It kind of happens more with skaters I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, like... what I, that's what I was wondering, because I know for me, sometimes it can be harder to interview people I already know versus people that I am just talking to for the first time. Yeah. Just because I think I can get too comfortable with that person that I already know that my head is going so fast coming up with questions mm -hmm. that I can't keep up. But I'm learning now that I'm podcasting and have been for two years. It's really helped me slow down a bit when it comes to, you know, planning out questions. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder just because that's for me, it's that way as well. I think it's easier when you don't know the person. I think mm -hmm. when you're just meeting them, you don't have to think about, well, I've known them for so long and this is our relationship. When you meet someone new, it's kind of, I think you can be more professional, I think, and less, there's less mm -hmm. of that friend connection, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you and I are both doing something similar in that we're, we're press, we're media. We are mm -hmm. sharing a world with outside viewers and when you know the person personally, it's hard to find the things that someone outside would want to know first. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I'm, hmm, to put it in a way, I'm trying to make videos for people who don't know these skaters because mm -hmm. that the number of people who don't know the skaters vastly outnumber the people who do. So I'm trying to target that bigger audience um, mm -hmm. And when I don't know the skater, I'm going to be looking for the things that instantly um, catch my eye. Mm -hmm. Versus when I know the skater, <laughs> <laughs> I know so much about them and I know where they're going to go that it almost starts to get too predictable from my end. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I, I know your elements. It's 
I have a lot of fun when I really don't know. I'm learning a skater's abilities as I'm filming them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because then you can see it in the video that I'm giving them space to go anywhere. Mm. Um, versus if they know me and I know them and then they, they start to like beckon a little too much or lead a little too much. And I'm like, oh, no, you don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it helps to have it be as natural as possible Mm -hmm. like that must come across better on video if it's if it feels comfortable and is natural from the skaters that you're filming yeah and I'm always trying to save time on the ice too like I don't I I try I filmed so many skaters without ever actually having said a word to them I mean I'll say a word (laughs) I'll say a word to their coach and the rink manager and everyone in charge but like I tend to let the coaches communicate with the skaters when I'm filming certain training. Um, Mm -hmm. A, because I don't want the skaters to feel distracted in any way. And B, because, you know, what, it's not really my job to say anything on the ice. It's, it's their job Mm -hmm. to skate and their coaches to make sure that they're doing the best of their abilities. And if I need Mm -hmm. something, I'll tell the coach and the coach will tell the skater. So it keeps a good, Mm -hmm. it's professional. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously there are, there are other times where, Working one-on-one with a skater is really useful, but the vast majority of filming I do is during training, and mm. that's the priority. That's what I'm trying to capture is is training, and no one trains talking to a camera person. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Definitely not. <laughs> no. So I'm going to go back to the beginning, Jordan, and I'm going to ask you here, what was the very first project you did? Now, I don't even think I remember what your first project was. I'm not even sure that I know. And how have you evolved since your very first Mm. thing you put out there? Well, so the first, I remember the first video I posted was, it was literally just, I wasn't even filming a skater. I was just skating around the rink once and no one had gotten on the ice yet or maybe a few people had but i wasn't filming anyone i was just leading the camera around the ice in a circle hmm. because i wanted to, that was like my blank slate project um in the first in the first year i did not know what i was doing or where i was going to go with it or what was going to happen to it it was more of like a it was a path of discovery Um, Mm -hmm. I just got the camera on the ice, put batteries in it, made sure it worked, got the settings usable, and just followed where it took me. Um, And a lot of those first videos were just me experimenting with things, trying to answer questions. Like, a question would come up, and then I would make a video to try to answer that question. Mm -hmm. Like does a spin look better if I go in the same direction as the skater or if I go in the opposite direction of the skater? Um, I was trying to find these answers, not to say that they were the forever answers. I don't have like this book of laws of, of answers because (laughs) I would find the answer and I would go, okay, that's my answer for now. And then maybe six months later, I would go right back and say, okay, let's try to answer this better because I know more. Um, I mean, every project that I put on On Ice Perspectives has been a continuation of that journey of discovery. I think I still like, like, like meeting a new skater. I love going into a situation and, and having no idea what I'm going to do. Um, because then I come away with something more than footage. I come away with new answers Mm. and maybe new questions too. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you, and I've been asked this question about IceDance.com, so I'm going to ask you this one. Did you ever envision that this was what it was going to become when you started it? Hmm. Um, so I started in February of 2018. I mean, I'd been like on a path of curiosity since mm-hmm. September of the year before when I first took my phone on the ice and started filming <laughs> skaters with it. But it was kind of like a, oh, I did that. Cool. I don't know what I'll do with that video. It was just a fun experience. But February was when I launched On Ice Perspectives. I'd kind of figured that I would create a little niche um, on -hmm. Instagram and put put a little bit of work into it. Uh, But it wasn't long until 
It was right after I filmed Stars on Ice um, the first time in 2018. It was just their warm-up before a show. And I saw something that I filmed. It was actually... (laughs) I filmed Nathan, you know, from super far away, like (laughs) on the other side of the ice. I might as well have been like on the the on-floor seating. Um, But there was something about the way that that video felt and looked where I suddenly... Something clicked in my head and said, Jordan, you just stumbled across something that is going to, it's going to happen whether you're there or not. I mean, maybe five years from now, someone else is going to stumble upon that same formula that you just discovered. And if you don't pursue this now, if you don't put all of your energy into it, five years from now, you'll be sitting on the couch watching someone else use it going I came up with that first yeah um (sighs) and after that point after around May of 2018 um I kind of had no (laughs) there was there was no turning back I had I felt like I had no choice anymore it kind of took over me and I succumbed to well, am I gonna am I gonna book this flight to film the skater here? Am I gonna travel here? Um, I guess I have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it took over me, and that was four years ago. Um, I knew then, I knew then if I put a hundred percent of myself into it, um, you know, I maybe I said to myself, "Oh, I'll give it five years. If I'm not, if I'm not at the top at five years, I'll um, I'll say it wasn't meant to be." but we're not at five years yet, so. (laughs) (laughs) No. I think think projects have a funny way of evolving organically, not only in the way and the effort you put in, but they just grow in different ways because I didn't expect IDC was going to be what it is now, but I'm happy with the way it, it grew And I've been along for the ride. And I think the effort that you put in, I mean, Gina and I are just new with this podcast and we know what we want to do right now, but we're also both open to whatever it grows into as well. So we're just going to see what happens as we go and, and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Um, You know, and Jordan, you kind of also kind of, expanded your horizons a little bit here um, with the pandemic because you took on a little live streaming with Open Ice and Caitlin Weaver and that was now two two years ago mm-hmm. and you did you did some live streaming with Ice Academy in Montreal where we got to see a practice session. Um, any plans for some live streaming in the future? Oh man. Um, I mean if you had asked me that two years ago or three, I was, I was so excited about live streaming, even before the pandemic. Um, (laughs) I, I remember (laughs) you talked about it. Yeah. Did I do any live streaming before open ice? I don't remember. I couldn't remember if you you did did before. I think that was your first. And then, then we had ice Academy in Montreal. The, you did, I think once or twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I mean, I did some, like, internal testing with it. Open Ice was, well, Open Ice was a different kind of live stream than what I ever expected I would do. I thought it was just going to be, oh, well, I'm always filming on the ice, and I'm, and then I have to, like, go <laughs> home and edit it and, and put it on Instagram. Like, what if I just streamed it live for my camera? Like, how would people yeah. feel about that? It's kind of like, you know... We have yeah. live barn at all the rinks. People can tune into live stream skating anytime, <laughs> which is weird. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> and, you know, maybe if people are okay with me filming on the ice and they're okay with live barn, then maybe they'd be okay with me streaming skating on the ice. What would it be like? What would I thought of it as a fundraising effort, perhaps for the skaters? Um, you know, like Twitch was coming up. Twitch is a, a streaming website where you can watch people play video games and do other things like 
live their daily lives. Um, yeah, gardening. I've seen some gardening streams. Because <laughs> I can't garden, but I have I watch other people do it and wish that I could. It's like, oh, oh. you do such a great job, but oh my goodness, <laughs> I can't. I would just destroy the, the flowers. So it's kind of like a one of those things that you watch if you want to relax. Like you don't want to have any distraction. You can just kind of just chill. And so I've gotten into watching that when I want to chill. And uh, people are making a living being on Twitch, doing mm-hmm. all sorts of things. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Well, the big the big problem with it is um, it's the same problem I have with posting content on any social media. It's the copyright music. Uh, it's, yeah. It's the fact <laughs> that I'm not streaming 100% my own original work. Um, mm-hmm. you know, unless I can get the skater, unless I mute the stream, which would take away a lot of the fun because 50% yeah. of skating <laughs> is the music that you're hearing. The music, right. Yeah. Um, and we're lucky that we get a sport that gets to perform to music. Um, it's also a big yeah. pain in the butt for me <laughs> all the yeah, time. The, mu- the music draws you in. Right. To the yeah. Po- yeah. I mean, it really draws you into the performance, so... Yeah. yeah, everybody wants to know what everybody's skating to right now. So yeah, you know, music, right. big um, part of our sport. So there, there are two reasons why I'm not having live streaming in my immediate future. One is the music, which can change, I think, because I mean, look at TikTok and Instagram Reels. Now they encourage you to use copyright music up to yeah. sixty seconds of it. But, yeah, that's a start. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a start. Uh, and the other reason is, I think I just got a little bit too much into live streaming over the pandemic (laughs) and now that things are happening in real life i'm more right now i'm trying to get people in seats that's my Mm -hmm. goal this year Mm -hmm. is what can i do to get even like 20 people 20 people to buy a ticket who never would have thought they would buy a ticket before to go see skating live in person because we're just coming back seats are open a ton of people still aren't coming to events competition shows um yeah i mean if if on ice perspectives on instagram helped a lot of people discover skating for the first time now i want to help people like actually experience it for real for the first time um live streaming is kind of not a direct path to that yet i yeah. think it's more of a path yeah. to like not going to a skating show in real life <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. On that one. (laughs) I feel like we have to find a happy medium between the two because, like you said, we really need to get people in seats to get out there and feel it. I remember when I took my mom for the first time, lifelong skating fan, I took her to Stars on Ice. It blew her away getting to see it in person. She just the experience of being there and seeing it versus on TV, which is a similar to what it did to me when I saw it for the first time in person. It was just like, how can I never not be there in person? Because it's just so incredible. Yeah, no, I know that total feeling of, you know, once you go to your first event and you see it in person, you don't want to watch it again. Um, but I've told you this, Jordan, I had a friend who got, um, it was just on YouTube. It was a suggested video that popped up and it was one of your videos. They had (laughs) no interest in skating whatsoever. And they kind of were like, why did that pop up as a video I would be (laughs) interested in? But they watched it and he was so impressed by it. And it was your video with Una and Gage Brown doing Metallica. Um, that's Mm -hmm. been seen by millions and he was just fond of the fact that it was a different perspective that Mm -hmm. you were on the ice he could tell from that again not have watched he doesn't watch much skating at all if any and he could see you were on the ice and he thought it was the coolest thing ever so i think your videos do get to people who are not familiar with our sport at all get to see it in a different way and then hopefully maybe you know might want to actually go in person to see something or watch more skating so yeah i mean getting them to watch more skating is already great (laughs) um Mm -hmm. especially if it's more of my videos 
(laughs) (laughs) Um, I have friends that are not skating fans either. And every once in a while, someone will share one of your videos. And I'm just thinking to myself, (laughs) oh, my God, it's just cool (laughs) to see that. Like, I just get excited and I know how hard you've worked to take this to the level that it is. And it's just, I just feel happy. Like, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. It just makes me happy to see that. Yeah, I've had that too, where, you know, people on Facebook are sharing videos and and it's an On Ice Perspectives video. And I'm like, I know exactly who recorded that video and how they did it. (laughs) And so it's really cool (laughs) when that it's a person that's knows nothing about skating and they're sharing Mm -hmm. that video because they just find it fascinating so yeah so hear me out i've never actually talked about this before with the browns video um i wouldn't i have like this it's a very very mild existential crisis and it's not what you think it's not about how can i make a bit a video better than that because i i honestly don't think I will. (laughs) It was so special. (laughs) Like that was a one in a lifetime video for sure. I'm trying to do something different. Um, How can I be different to that video? Because you're right. Everyone says it's such a new perspective, but once you've seen it, you've seen it. Now, you know, the Mm -hmm. camera's on the ice. What can you do to change that? And I think Mm -hmm. a lot about, I I read every comment on that video because it gets like a ton a day. (laughs) And I, I re I, hear a lot of people saying like why is no one there watching (laughs) you know (laughs) why is there no one there well the reasons are simple it was 6 a.m in november 2020 you know (laughs) no one was there 2020 no one was there no one was anywhere in 2020 yeah i mean i filmed that thing in a mask like i was scared to go out um Mm -hmm. because it was getting cold and all of that but there was no one there, and we did it again in 2021, same time, same place, same time of year. Again, no one was really there. There were a few who were, like, walking by, going to work. And I think, man, I want to do that, but at, not at 6 a.m., at 6 p.m. You know, mm. I want to do it when people are coming home from work. They're just crossing through December 23rd, you know, <laughs> right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. I want the crowd, I want, you know people to be sitting on each other's shoulders and i want to make a video that shows everyone there you know what it is it's adam ripon's video you know Mm. filmed in december Mm -hmm. 2018 it's that what was so special about that video beyond the pink sunset and adam skating and the music was the audience was how incredibly packed it was and after everything he did you heard the cheers and the whoops of the people Mm -hmm. that's the kind of thing like even more so than the Browns even that's the kind of video that gets people to go to watch skating in person because you have to see people there to -hmm. understand that this Mm -hmm. is actually something you can do in real life you can go and witness this the Browns Mm -hmm. is like that's just something that was so special in the pandemic but I want to make more videos like Adams but in order to do that I need to film shows with people Mm -hmm. in them and I need those people to be okay with there being a camera on the ice and actually want it to be there. Mm -hmm. And that's the existential question. How do I film shows on the ice and get people to not just accept it, but, but ask for it. Um, And I have some, I'm, I'm on my way to that. I mean, dancing on ice is kind of my template for that. It's it's a show, but it's a live audience. There's camera, there's cameras everywhere. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on that and hopefully within the next year I'll have a new, a new, a new video that changes the way people see skating in this Ooh. decade. Ooh. Ooh. I'm looking That's forward to that That's a teaser there. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you should mention Dancing on Ice because we did get a question from Huria. Um, she's from the UK and she said... Jordan comes over to the UK for several months every winter for Dancing on Ice. Does he enjoy it, and what has he learned? First of all, my wife is from England, and Mm -hmm. her parents live there, and it is so nice to see them when I'm in England. Um, So, and, and, and Talia, my wife, she'll come and visit me, you know, three times in the show, and we'll spend a week together and see her friends and 
and she she loves being able to go home as well so i do enjoy that part i enjoy that part of like i have family in england that are accessible mm-hmm. and friends um i just don't enjoy having to be away from home for 11 weeks that's tough yeah that's a lot for anyone i think mm-hmm. and and also it's that it's those specific months you know yeah <laughs> Those are the holiday <laughs> months, too. And those are also the months that a lot is happening in the figure skating world. Everything is happening from December <laughs> yeah. to March. Everything. Yeah. And ever since I started On Ice Perspectives, I've been doing Dancing on Ice, and I ha- literally haven't skated on a natural lake at all. Um, mm-hmm. And those are... So, um, yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. It's mixed. It's definitely mixed. Mm-hmm. I mean, now I'll tell you what I've learned. Dancing on Ice has been the most amazing experience I could have ever hoped for. I mean, it's it's thanks to Dancing on Ice, really, that I was able to focus on On Ice Perspectives the rest of the year. Um, mm-hmm. It's given me an incredible technical understanding of produ- of live production, of scripted shows, of rehe- of training, of the mechanisms of television and <laughs> and sport um and yeah it's been it's taught me a lot also of, of what my limits are too because that shows it's a very very it's the hardest job i think i can ever do <laughs> honestly <laughs> um so yeah i'm i'm super grateful for it and i've loved i've loved the opportunity to work for that show yeah um jordan you've done dancing on ice which is a show and then you've you've kind of gotten to do a little of recording shows um i think you just did an evening with champions where you were on the ice recording the show as it was going on and then you've done some training sessions what has been the project you've enjoyed doing the most is it the you know just taking a team and going outside on the ice? Is it doing dancing on ice? Is it, you know, working on a show? What what kind of project is do you enjoy the most? Um, the projects I enjoy the most are the ones where I kind of break a barrier that I didn't have before. Or that, I, sorry, I break a barrier that I had previously. Um... So like an evening with champions was a beautiful barrier to break because, you know, I filmed, I filmed rehearsals for the show and I got to demonstrate and I was ready. It was, it was at the right time for everybody. The show was just coming back the Sunday evening show, the second show, it's not that crowded and production was basically like, we'd love to have you film the show on the ice. Like, it'll be exciting. The audience will like it. We'll make a little announcement everyone's gonna the skaters are gonna love it and you know it'll be great promotion for the show um for the for the future coming years i mean they've been doing it for 50 years this was their 50th anniversary show so that was a barrier that i was able to break down and you know that is just at the right time too um i love projects where something i was hoping for for years finally comes true um like filming filming at the grand prix tech run filming worlds the world show right. with no live yeah. audience but there was a live audience right. the skaters and, and the officials those were all projects i mean filming worlds was like it was just one day but <laughs> <laughs> and no one's yeah. no one in the u.s really saw it because it wasn't streamed here peacock no. didn't even put no. it on, on for replay so yeah, I I mean that's the ultimate project right there is filming the gala at the Olympics. That is I'm putting that out into the universe every time every chance I get. So you'd say that's your dream project? Yeah, I mean it's, the Olympics. Yeah. It's a live stream technically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's live streaming on the ice, you know, and and the show is made. It's already there. The skaters already they're already doing it. I don't have to say, "Hey, let's do something extra." It's literally just Plot me on the ice with the rig I've got, and I will make it work. So, because the Olympics are now four years away, so that that's your dream project. 
what are you working on in the interim? What's what's coming up? What can people expect from Anoy's perspectives? Um, well, I've been really becoming more efficient at at filming a routine. If I can get a routine, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm. Oh man, there's so many things. I mean, it's kind of a continuation of what I started doing last year. You know, it's an ever evolving world that we're living in. I realized. I've been doing this longer in a pandemic than outside of a pandemic. I mean, I've mm-hmm. been doing this for less yeah. than two years before it happened. And now it's been more than two years. So I'm really, it's kind of feeling out what we're all ready for. I mean, TikTok is huge with skaters yeah. now. I, certain yeah. skaters are, their editing is genius. <laughs> and my videos are like literally no cuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of figuring out like what, what, how does a, how does a full skating program fit into today's environment of everything is edited for, for time? You know, mm. do yep. I try to make a three minute routine and cut it down to a 60 second highlight reel? Or do I try to get people to watch that three minute routine because I know it'll be good for them? Um, so in the next 12 months, I think you're going to see me post a lot longer content. I'm really pushing YouTube now. Um, YouTube's Mm -hmm. always been there. It's been there the longest. It's still going strong. It works on every device, not just a phone. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. I finally got a 4K TV last last winter, (laughs) so I can finally watch my videos in 4K, and I'm like... (laughs) I'm, I'm... making i'm filming entire routines now it's not just like 60 second highlight reel if if a skater can do a good full routine i want to film it and i want to put it on youtube and then i'll figure out how to promote it on the other social media platforms but i think i want to create like a sit back and watch experience for people who want to see skating well we look forward to seeing it whatever you do (laughs) of course (laughs) So I was watching a behind-the-scenes documentary of Project Runway not that long ago, and I saw people moving with gimbals and their cameras, and they were, I mean, all I could think is, man, Jordan could do that. If he can get on the ice and do it, he certainly could do this. Have you ever thought of moving what you're doing beyond the ice and doing Um. other non-skating-type projects? I mean, sure, if someone wanted to hire me to do that, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I, but also, um, I don't, I'm not really at a, I'm not really, pu- I've not really put myself in a place to get hired for other things. I mean, I've mm-hmm. barely put myself in a place to get hired for skating. I am so gung ho about like making art and mm-hmm. art that I control. And um, there are a lot of, there are a lot of cameras in the world and there are a lot of people with those cameras and gimbals now. I'm, <laughs> I don't really want to have to compete with that. Number one, mm-hmm. number two, True. you know, I just, I love skating with the camera. I just, I don't know if you're good at something, stick to it, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would, I'd agree with that. I would agree with that. It's kind of like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Like, if you're in a place that makes you happy and you're working on projects that make you happy, why would you branch out at that time, I guess? Yeah. And I know every minute I'm working on skating, it's going to pay off down the road. Like, Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. a business sense, you should go where the work is. And there's a lot more work outside of skating than there is in skating. But every minute of work that I put into On Ice Perspectives, I'm generating maybe an hour of work five years from now that someone's mm-hmm. going to want to hire me to do specifically for skating. So it's it's an investment of I'm investing my labor now <laughs> um, to get to hopefully make a very, very busy schedule in the future doing what I love. I wish everyone could at least have one part of their life where they get to do what they love. Mm -hmm. And because I think the joy that you get from it can give back to your, you basically are giving back to yourself. Um, That's kind of what I found with podcasting during the pandemic is 
I couldn't go to skating. I couldn't go to trivia. I couldn't do anything that I love to do. <laughs> and so I started podcasting and that brings me more joy than I ever knew. Like I never expected this. I never expected to be excited about it. And then to transition it to do this weekend skating with Gina it's even more fun because now I'm bringing her on her own podcasting journey. <laughs> yeah, I'm a newbie. <laughs> As I said, I think it's really cool to be able to do something that you love, mm-hmm. especially if you make it your full-time job, your focus. It just, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, for you two, it's kind of like, <laughs> how have you not been doing a podcast for the last six years? <laughs> It's it's so you, it's so natural. And I think you just, it, you had to wait until you found the right times in your life, you know, mm-hmm. where Gina, you had time to embark on something new and Daphne, mm-hmm. you had 80 mm-hmm. episodes of experience working already. <laughs> I think, you know, yeah. and I was lucky enough to stumble upon this, what I do now at a period of my life where I was in a kind of a, a transitionary period. Yeah. Um. You know, it's when you see that opportunity, if you find it and you love it and and you find people who want you to do it, you can get good at it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think having a nurturing environment is really helpful. I'm Mm -hmm. extremely lucky that um, Paik, my co-host for my other podcast, has been an incredible co-host and really been super supportive. Like as I've learn to be a podcaster (laughs) because I even in the beginning I wasn't sure it was something I should do and then I have a group of friends too um at Podcastica that are they've just really they've supported me and encouraged me when I didn't feel like I could do it or I thought I sucked because it's really hard to put yourself out there Mm -hmm. it takes Mm -hmm. a lot and um, Gina and I were just talking earlier today, like our first episode was the first episode. The second episode was better. Like it mm-hmm. only gets better. Yeah. But I don't go back and listen to any of my early episodes of Frontier Lives. <laughs> ever. Oh. Hmm. I used to because I wanted to learn or see how much I've grown. But now, no. I don't want to. I think it's better just to keep it. Um, so lastly, Jordan, we've reached mm-hmm. the end, believe it or not. <laughs> what advice, and I was thinking about this question as we were talking, what advice would you give to someone who wants to follow in your footsteps? Now that doesn't necessarily mean they want to get out and be on the ice and do what you're doing, but going out, you know, they've got a, a great idea. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of on the fence about whether they should pursue it. What advice would you give them? Yeah, um, I'm glad you asked. Uh, because I know I know that my work is so inspiring for people. Like, not just skaters. I have people asking me all the time, like, I, I don't skate, but my friend skates, and I really want to film them. What should I do? And <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if you want to film them, film them. You know, it's this is my personality but I could not have started on ice perspectives if there was someone else already doing it I'm just too much of a I compare myself way too much Mm -hmm. to what's out there I mean right before on ice perspectives I I didn't even want to take pictures on my phone of anything because I'm like oh the Empire State look building looks great today I could take a picture but I'm sure that picture has been shot before you know (laughs) what what am I bringing (laughs) to the table um yeah Uh, So my recommendation is always, like, find something that you literally haven't seen before. It's not that hard. Or better yet, just don't look at anything else for a while. Like, unplug yourself for a bit and try not to be... Like, don't don't look for inspiration outside of yourself for a little while. Um, Don't try to emulate something you see. I mean, emulating is good for learning. But it's not quite as fulfilling as shutting yourself off to everything else you're seeing and trying to create something like it's never been done before. Hmm. Um, that's yeah, that's my that advice. I think 
Mm. Like a lot of questions I get are very wrapped up in what gimbal should I buy? What camera should I buy? What phone? Like at the time, there was no one I could have asked those questions to when I started. I literally, I had a GoPro and I used a GoPro, you know, not because anyone told me to, Mm -hmm. but because it's what I had lying around. Um, Mm -hmm. And then slowly I kind of found what worked. I mean, there are a lot of ways I love that GoPro. I, I actually really, I look back at my videos all the time, Daphne. I don't know what that means that I'm always, I look back (laughs) at my old videos and go like, wow, I really had it in the beginning. Like I knew what I was doing. Um, And yeah, it's, it's, if you like doing it, if you really treasure every second you spend doing it, then don't even worry about whether it's good or not. Because I listen to podcasts all the time where they don't have the same mastery of sound levels as some other podcasts. But I mm-hmm. hear the passion in the people who are talking, and I just want to hear people love what, who love what they do. <laughs> that is what most of my friends in podcasting have said, is that if a podcast sounds like two friends having a conversation about something they really enjoy, that's going to come across, and that is more fun to listen to mm-hmm. than just two people talking. Mm-hmm. and i used to listen to my like early podcast but i think i out i go back and sometimes listen to the earlier ones but not like way way back well jordan we know how to get a hold of you but how do our listeners get a hold of you or how can they find you on social media and wherever you are um I don't, people find me in the strangest ways now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess I'm on, I'm on Instagram. It's all on ice perspectives. Um, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, and I think Twitter now I'm ice perspectives because on ice perspectives got taken down for too much music. Um, it's just ice perspectives, <laughs> but also Twitter is kind of empty. I have a website on iceperspectives.com that kind of has a hub for all of that sort of stuff. It's got also some more interesting stuff about me, I think, because it's a domain I can control. And mm-hmm. uh, it has a direct link to my Patreon channel, which I hope to be using soon someday um, to communicate with people. But right now it's just <laughs> a really great place um, because people have been supporting me through it through it for the last three years. I mean, not completely, but like a very, a very lovely amount of people have donated to my Patreon simply because they love my work, not because I promise anything in return besides continuing to make more videos, which is all mm-hmm. I want to do. Um, so yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for following On Ice Perspectives, everybody. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't, please do, you know, make sure you're following Jordan on instagram facebook twitter youtube the whole gamut (laughs) and um because your work is just awesome and people can definitely check it all out there well jordan we really appreciate you taking the time to come on our podcast as our first guest yes it's really awesome to have you on here with us um gina since jordan has shared his information can you let our listeners know where they can find us of course yes Okay, or you can find us at thisweekinskating.com. We promise we're going to get our website up and looking great very soon. But you can also follow us on Twitter, This Week in Skating. It's this, W-K-I-N, skating. There's no E's in there. Uh, Facebook and Instagram is This Week in Skating. Um, And again, if you have any feedback or any questions, um, please reach out to us on social media or you can email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. And with that, we have reached the end of our episode. Thank you all for listening and for your support. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a great week. Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. 
That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the super light tree runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.